It's a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, season four, Punk Rock Throwback. What's up, Punk Rock Classrooms crew? Josh here, uh, coming at you with this Punk Rock Throwback episode. Uh, this week, uh, I am prepping for some interviews myself, I'm hoping. Uh, I applied for some principalship jobs, so we thought it would be a great opportunity for us to share an older episode of ours from season two. So this is season two, episode 32. It is transitions in interviews uh, where Mike and I talk about what we do for interviews. What does that look like when we know it's time to move on? So without further ado, here it is. Season two, episode 32, interviews and transitions. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's probably nobody's spring break anymore because I think I was the last. Uh, <laughs> the our, last our, district, uh, our district was the last group of educators to celebrate spring break. Uh, I am Mike, a principal extraordinaire out of Lansing, Illinois. And this is Josh Buckley. I'm a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona. And we want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, where we talk about bringing uh, passion, unity, and DIY to your classroom and your school so you can make the best place for your students, your colleagues, and the folks that you lead. You guys don't all have to walk around with the bomber jackets you picked up from the Army Surplus Store with your Op Ivy unity patch being held on by the diaper-sized safety pins on the back like you, you could have that if you want, but you don't have to. We're all punks here at the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. That's right. And and Mike, today is an episode uh, where you and I are going to chat a little bit about this is the season of change for folks. This is the yeah. time of year. Spring break has happened. This is when districts start doing interviews. Folks are looking to maybe go to another district. They're looking for maybe to move up in the world of education, find that new role for them. And so I wanted to take some time today and talk a little bit about that because you having been, you know, a classroom teacher, then an assistant principal, and then a principal, uh, and then I myself am in the season of interviews right now, right? This is the right, time yeah, of year, you, you know, when folks are doing that. And I've been at a handful of different schools and had to interview for different schools. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. So let's, let's start right off the bat. You were a classroom teacher. What made you go, you know what? I want to be an administrator. What in your what in your life took you on that troubled path? People will call it the dark side, Mike. But <laughs> right, what, took, right, what, right. what what took you down that role? What was it for you? So it's it's funny because I never wanted to be an administrator. Like I was happy being a classroom teacher. I love teaching ELA to, to middle school kids, you know, and just connecting with them because they're so finding themselves and um I'm not going to lie. The whole reason I want, I went back to school was to make more money. I wanted to move up on the pay scale. That was my whole goal. So I remember talking to, um, talking to, uh, my, my administrators, I was chaperoning a basketball game and I was talking to my AP and the principal at the time. And, and, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, once I get married, I'm going to go back to school. And, they're like, oh, what are you going to go for? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go for like curriculum or something. Like I, I just wanted the master's title right. to get to get more money. And they're like, well, you should go for administration. I'm like, I started laughing. I go, yeah, okay. Like 
you know, you're talking to like, no, I'm not going to go for administration. Like, well, you've got like, you've got these leadership qualities we see, you know, in you. And even if you don't want to become a building level leader, like it's going to open so many more doors for you. And then they kind of, then we kind of got like a serious conversation. And like, you know, you curriculum director and all of these other things you can do with it. Yeah. Um, more than just like a, a master's in English or a master's in curriculum or whatever, you know, I originally was going to go for. So but I always said once, once I got married, I was going to go back to school. So we got married, you know, in June. And uh, I remember we, we got back from our honeymoon and I was like, all right, it's, it's time. So I enrolled and registered for, for classes. And it was probably about like, probably my second semester of going for my master's when I was like, I really, I really enjoy this aspect of education. Yeah. Like it's, it's more than just sitting in your office and doing reports and, you know, you're visiting classrooms when you have to. And it, it's, I, I wasn't sold yet. My goal was still like, I'm just going to be a teacher. But then by the end of my, I, what, I, I did my coursework pretty quick, you know, and uh, I kind of realized like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to, you know, it's the whole cliche thing. Like, Oh, you're going to reach more people yeah, you know, yeah. than just your 20, 30 kids in your classroom. But, but, but I mean, in a sense, it's true. So that's, that was kind of the put, if it wasn't for those two administrators, at that basketball game, if it wasn't for me trying to just make connections with kids, them seeing me outside of the classroom, chaperone the basketball game, like I probably never would have gone, Yeah, you know, school administrator route. So, I mean, to, to Mrs. Luring and Mr. Smith, you know, my assistant principal and principal at the time, like, you know, thank them for uh, kind of <laughs> telling me to do this, to, to open more doors. So that's, that's kind of how it happened for me. It's like, once I got a taste of it, I was like, yeah, all right, this is, I could, I, I like this. Yeah. I, like my, I, I have had no desire to be an administrator. I have a math, I have one master's degree in just leadership because I was like, and Mesa in, in Arizona, we'd been frozen because of budget cuts okay. to the state. So the only way you could get a raise for a little while was if you got master's credits, right? If you got right. credits. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go do this. So I got my master's um, and uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. My wife at the, my wife got hers right away before she already had her master's before we were, before we were married. And um, she got her master's the same time I got mine and she got her second master's in admin. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to go that route. Right. So I got my master's and just, um, just, it was like collegial leadership, right? Like it was into admin without doing the internship and without a couple, right. without a couple classes, like it didn't have okay. law or, um, like school finance and stuff like that. And right. So oh, I was like, ah, yeah, I don't, yeah. It's, I don't want to do that. Right. I don't even, I like, I, this is really just to do this. I'm going to be in the classroom forever. And then over the last couple of years, just like seeing the impact, like you said, seeing the impact you can have beyond that has been one of those things where I'm like, okay, all right. If this is something I want to do, if this is really what it's going to be like, it looks like I've got to go back to school. Right. And so that, that's where I find myself now and find myself in this, in this, this time of change and, and, and interviewing for stuff. And I haven't interviewed for a job outside of a classroom for, except for a classroom teacher in the last 15 years. Right. Like it yeah. has not been something, it's not been something I've had to interview for. I haven't interviewed for like a leadership position position or a department chair or anything like that. Right. Um, so my question for you is like, when you transitioned from, you're, you're an assistant principal. When did you think, okay, this is time for me to like leave this role as the assistant principal 
and, and lead a building? What was it that kind of had you take that next step? Oh, that's a good question. Like, cause I know yes. people who, I know people who are going to be, they're cool with being assistant principals. That's it. They're good. Right. With that, right. Um, and it's, you know, so it, it took me, it's funny because it, it took me a good, probably three years to get that first assistant principal position. I, the district I was in kept, you know, the first year they kept telling me, oh, so-and-so is going to retire. Oh, we're, we're thinking about going to, to grade level centers and you would be great for this one. And none of that ever panned out. The people they said were going to retire never retired you know, they never, they switched to grade level centers three years after I left the district. <laughs> um, so, you know, so after a year of them kind of telling me, I started interviewing outside of my district and I kept getting shot down. And the number one feedback I always got from these other districts was, well, you don't have any experience. And I was like, well, yeah, okay. Well, that's why you need to hire me to, to, <laughs> to get the experience. So it took a while. So it's funny because I was only an assistant principal for two years before I went to um, become a principal. And I think what it was is there was some shifts going on in our district. And, you know, so I taught in one district for 15 years. I left there, became an assistant principal and within that same district where I was the assistant principals where, you know, one person was retiring. So I kind of, there, there's, there's not a lot of mobility amongst administration in our district, which is good for, you know, consistency. So I saw this opportunity. I'm like, well, I want them to know, like, I'm not that guy that just wants to be an assistant principal. Like, and, and I don't think I really wanted at that point to, to leave my roles in AP but I didn't want them to think like, oh, he's just good sitting, sitting here. We'll keep him here. So I, I threw my name in that hat for that. Um, I did not get that position. They went with somebody with who, who had more experience. Um, but then literally like a month later, this district, this district level position opened up. And when we, when we read the description, we we're like, that's so this admitted, this principal in our district, like that, this role is like yeah. made for her. Like this is everything she loves to do. And uh, she got that position. And so then, you know, my superintendent at the time kind of reached out like, oh, you know, I know we passed you on this one. Are you going to apply for this? And I was like, well, yeah, I am. And uh that's the one I got. Now I've been there seven years, but it's funny, Josh, because like going from a class, like, you know, when you're, when you student teach, like it right. kind of prepares you to be a classroom teacher, right? Kind of, kind of, it, it kind of does. Like you still yeah. got, you at still some got point, that. yeah. At some point you get the room to yourself, right? Like you have to plan, you have to do all that stuff. They're counting on you to, ju- you have to do the job, right? Yeah. Right. It's, and it's, it's, you kind of, get a sense of it. I mean, the real learning is year one and two, but becoming an administrator, like there's not really any preparation for, it. I mean, like the coursework and you can read all these books, you can write these papers, you can do like your internship projects, which I was like a summer school Dean. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's summer school is nothing like the things you deal with day in, day right, out. Right. Um, so I feel like I, I was just kind of getting my, my footing on being an assistant principal. And then when they offered me the principal position, I was like, 
I'm not going to say no. Right. Cause you're like, because you, you were like, well, I don't know if I'm ready yet, but I'm going to put in for it because here's mm-hmm. an opportunity. Right. And then, and then you get that, you get that thing. It's like, well, here, we're going to give you these keys. Do you want this? And, <laughs> oh, we've, you know, we've, we've, yeah, we've talked about this struggle that you had the first couple of years as an administrator, as you were trying to like figure out, you know, what's the role look like for you? What do you sit at in that position? And, 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 you know, how does that fit? And, and so as we're talking to folks about making this transition, what kind of, you know, as we're asking, you know, as, like as people are interviewing for new positions, as they might be moving up in the world, like what's the, what's the advice you'd give to someone who's taking on this role, whether it's they're stepping into the AP position or they're stepping into a principalship as someone who made that transition, who maybe, you know, just said they don't really prepare you for it. What's, what's a piece of advice you would impart on someone who's, who's taken that step? You know, you've got to put, you've got to put yourself out there. I mean, and being like you, you need to, your focus has to be relationships. And now being an administrator, there's so many more relationships you have to build. I mean, like a classroom teacher, you have your students, you have your staff, you have the families of your kids and, you know, you, you, you branch out to the community a little bit, but I mean, being a, a building level administrator, I don't care if you're an assistant principal, a dean, you know, an associate principal, uh, the principal. I mean, you, you now have, you know, district office, you've got the wider community, you've got neighbor right. communities and districts. Like you, you have to build those relationships because that's, what's going to, you know, that's where you're going to learn everything. And like, luckily for me, you know, we've, our district well, it's nowhere near as large as yours, but we've, we, you know, we've got at least five buildings in there. And I had known, you know, contacts from when I taught and I, from when I coached. So just from other, other, other coaches and teachers yeah. from the other districts we went against, like I was able to reach out to them on, well, no, I think MySpace was gone. This it point. was MySpace. <laughs> it might've it might, it might been, no, it was Facebook. MySpace was, was phased out by then. And, uh, but yeah, like just reach out to them. And, you know, it's easy to be that quirky teacher because when you look like there's so many teachers that fill up a building right. and you, you could be the weird one or the goofy one, the loud one or the, the music one or whatever. But when it comes to like administration, people kind of look at it as like, you're supposed to be the, you know, tie and button up shirt and always proper all the time and know all the answers. And, no, you don't have to like, it's, you know, there's more, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but there's more of a game you, you do have to play. Like there's a game I have to play. Like my wife tells me all the time, she goes, she goes, how many years in a row since you've been an administrator has you, has your evaluation said like, you need to dress more professional. I'm like, Oh, every, every year, <laughs> every year that's written <laughs> in there, you know? So it's like, you find like this balance where, you know, you can still, and that's just a little stupid thing, you know, dress codes, but you, you find this balance of what, how you can still be yourself and bring your passions because right. it's really what's helped me, especially these last few years. Cause like you said, a few minutes ago, I struggled my first few years. I look at my role almost as I'm still a teacher and you know, my students quotes, would be the staff. Like I need to approach how I talk to them. I engage them. I, I lead them in a lesson, which would be like a faculty meeting. Like I need to plan this all out. And in like an engaging collaborative, you know, 
fun way, if that right. makes sense. Yeah, no, no, that like, totally makes sense. So, so I just kind of went on a long no, tangent there no, and but answered no, a million questions, but but no, that 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 makes sense. I mean, I mean, I think that you know, um, one of the what I want to talk about is. So, you know, I, I said, I wanted to kind of talk about that transition period as we move from space to pace, uh, space to space or, or position to position. Like, what does that look like? When do you know? For me, like, I think for me, I, I am just in this place where um, I know that I can do more beyond the four walls of my classroom. And I have right. been doing more in my role for the last four years, right? I've had an impact district-wide on stuff. I've been able to work with teachers and I work with a, a lot of adults, right? To support what they do in order for them to support students, right? And so I think, okay, well, that transitions really well in, into the work of an administrator, right? Like you support yeah. the teachers who, you know, in the community who support kids to, to do well, right? Um, and, and for me, like, I just feel like, okay, that's the next logical step for me in, in, in the world. And for me, like, that's that's just where my kind of like where I feel like I'm being pulled, right? I can't explain it. I still love teaching. It's, I love walking yeah. into my classroom. I love teaching economics. I, I still love doing that every day. Um, and, you know, but there's just this pull that's saying, yeah, but what about, what about this piece of it? So since it's interview season, I kind of want to, I want to kind of take our conversation into a discussion about interviews, right? You, people are either, inter maybe they're interviewing for a position up, maybe they're interviewing for a position out, right? Like right. I've been that person who's interviewed in other districts. I've been that person who's interviewed for voluntary transfers within my district. And as an administrator, what are, what are the things like when someone walks in for an interview, what are the things that you are looking for? I mean, do you get to design your own questions or these questions that district says, like, these are the questions that everybody gets? What are the things that you're looking for? So if there's someone out there who's in the interview, like interviewing for a position, whether they're a newer teacher or they're looking to transition, what's, what, are, what are some things that you're looking for when you interview folks? Yeah, so it's, no, my district does not give us the questions we have to ask, but they do say if, if I'm going to interview, you know, 10 people for a position, everyone gets the same questions, yeah. Yeah. you know? So what I do is I, I get my, my team together and what if it's, so if it's a fourth grade position, I get the fourth grade teachers, I invite them. And if, if they want to come, they can come. Usually it's after school, you know, cause we can't get subs during the day all the time. And um, I let the teachers create the questions, you know, they create the questions of like curriculum and all the stuff that they deal with day to day, you know? Yeah. And, and, I, I, when I sit down with a candidate, like I'm more looking to see like, what kind of person are they? Like, who, who are they? Like that, that's what I want to know because yeah. let's be honest. I mean, anyone can really, you can learn a curriculum. Teach. Yes. Yes. Anyone can learn a curriculum. So that's not what I'm looking for. Like I'm looking for the passion. Like, are you going to bring that unity piece and be collaborative and reach out to our staff and, and mesh, not just with the team you're with, but with everybody. So the questions I ask are more geared around that, um, you know, personalities and, and how are you going to, how are you going to mesh in with, with the culture we already have here? Um, you know, what are you going to bring to the table? You know, if you see something's wrong, you know, being a first year teacher or being new to our, even if you're not a first year, but being new yeah. to our building, are you going to speak up and say something like, and I ask that to paraprofessionals, like if a teacher gives you an assignment for a small group and you disagree with it, like, 
are you just going to do it because the teacher said, or are you going to, you going to speak up and not say get confrontational with them, but you know, I want to see like, are they, are they not just going to be like a yes man? Cause I don't want a building full of yes men because then everyone's going to just do what they think I want them to do. And, right, right. And, and that's, that's not how it is. And um, so that's what I'm more looking for. Like the type of person you are. And I'm, I'm trying to see if, you know, I, I like to think like I, I'm a good read of, of people. Um, I guess I've been told I have been because we don't have a big turnover at our, at our campus. Um, and, you know, I just, are they just answering the questions because they want a job or do, <laughs> or do they really want yeah. to be there? You know, because with, with social media now, like you, you know, I, I feel like I'm pretty active on it. So I kind of put our, our school story out there, our district story out there. And, you know, do they like kind of know who we are and what we're about or do they just want that job? And let's face it, some people just need that job, you know, especially yeah. with layoffs and being first year teacher. But um, yeah, I more want to see how they are. And, and I try to make the atmosphere because we've all been those interviews where it's very they, 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 you're, you're trying to be intimidated, you know? Yeah. And I was, and, I sat in an interview once and it was eight people. It was for, it was for a teaching position at a junior high. And there were like, maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating the number of eight, but it was way, it was way more people than you think should be yeah, you don't need in, that. in that room. It was very weird. And I was like, okay, this is strange. I don't know how I feel about this. And they all have interview. the stone face. Right. It was, just... it was very strange. Needless to say, I did not get that job, but I, I like, that was one of those things where I was like, I felt weird being in that environment with the stone faced yeah. group of people for a teaching position. Now, when I sit on, I sit on a lot of interview panels for, for right. principals, right. Cause like in my role, I often appoint, I get to appoint someone to the committee or I sit on the committee, um, you know, to, to kind of sit through, cause whenever we hire a principal, that that's how this works in our district, right. right? They have to go through two interviews, one with a panel that includes like a superintendent, uh, a MASA representative an MEA representative, like all the, all four groups get to like, or I guess really it's the classified certified administrators, all three groups get to put someone on that committee. Mm-hmm. Plus, some of the teachers from that campus, plus a superintendent, we sit in on right. that, that interview. Then once they're done talking to us, they go do a community one where it's another batch of teachers, parents, and another people. So if you want a building, it is two interviews. You interview with wow. us, and then you interview with, with a committee of folks to be a building level principal. So I imagine that that is pretty intimidating. Um, oh, yeah. And, and But I, I for me personally, when I sit in those... I know that we all try to make people feel comfortable in those ones, as opposed to being this, the stone faced meeting. Um, I think one of the things, uh, one of the pieces of advice that was given to me that I think is a, a really, a really solid piece of piece of advice for people who are interviewing is when you're answering questions, tell a story. Don't like, don't, don't like go and do your entire life story. But right. when you have to answer a question in there and they ask you like, you know, how do you view classroom discipline? Right. Don't give the textbook answer, right? But but give an answer that 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 explains how you perceive it, but also how you've lived it, right? Yes. Like given, for instance, or an example that illustrates your own personal belief in it, then you can sprinkle in, you know, however you want to talk. You want to talk about, you know, 
um, if you want to talk about restorative practices, or if you want to talk about all your relationships and all those pieces of it, that's cool, but make sure you weave them into, to something. So people right. aren't just getting your answer. They're also getting you. They're finding out who you are when you answer that question. Cause we can right. all, we can all say like, well, what do you do if a student doesn't get it? Well, what I can do is I can reteach. I can, right. you know, offer an opportunity to retake, right? Like that's, that's not it. You, you got to like explain how you've done it. You've got to explain what that's looked like for you and those experiences to really, to really do it. I've sat in interviews where people have not given me the, maybe have not given like the, the most dedicated answer, right? But you can tell who they are because yes. they've told you a story and you go like, that's the person. I like that person. I want yep. that person to run a building as opposed to, or I want that person in a classroom as opposed to like the person who gives you the perfect polished. I wrote it down and I memorized it answer. And that's, you know, and that's, that's great. Cause I tell the same thing to, to staff members that I know are interviewing for other positions of, you know, that they're trying to move up in administration because that was one of the feedbacks I always got, you know, you don't have experience and all of your answers sound like, like you, you never really experienced it. You're telling us what you learned in your methods classes right. or whatever. Yeah. And so even if you haven't experienced it yourself, try to turn it to something similar, or at least just give the answer almost like you have lived it because that's what I'm looking for. Cause I want to see, even if you didn't handle the situation, the right, the right way quotes, you know, showing that, what you learned from how you approached it, how you would handle it differently going forward. Like those are the types of things we want that I want to see that, that you've tried it. Maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. And, you know, go, go forward. But, you know, it's, and it's one of those things that I just want to share, you know, when we were talking you, you said, when we always try to make the candidate feel comfortable, it's important to be comfortable and be yourself, but you don't want to be, too comfortable because I've had candidates right. where right. they're like, oh, this these guys are cool here. Like, yeah, we're just hanging out. And like all of a sudden they 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 their whole demeanor is just like we're just friends catching back up. And it's like, well no, we are still like <laughs> right. There's like one step. You got to find that that safe middle like, ground, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know there was one time, one time I did an interview and it was a really weird question. And I will fully admit I am a, I'm a creative person, right? So my desk, if you want to believe everything that, that people say about creative people, my desk is not very neat, right? <laughs> um, I know where things are at. My, yeah. my school life, my, my syllabus, my, the way I handle curriculum, my notes, all of those things are incredibly organized. My desk, not so much. I had a question in an interview once that I, that, so here's, here's what had happened. I was, I was teaching junior high and I was looking to move up to the high school. I had an interview um, one day for the high school in my district to just move up from junior high to high school. So when I taught in a small district, one, high, one, two middle schools, one high school district. Right. Um, and so I had an interview and I was offered the position like, Oh yeah, we're going to bring you up for the high school. But I still had an interview set and scheduled in another district for a junior high position. And it's a, it's a good district in the state. It's one where yeah. I didn't want to like burn a bridge and not go to the interview. Right. So I went to the interview, but I felt a little more like I can be a little more comfortable. Right. And so they asked me a question about like, 
if you were to rate your organization skills between on a one to 10, where would you rate yourself? And I said, well, I'm not going to say five, because if I say five, you're going to think that I'm the most disorganized person ever. Right. But I'm not going to say I'm a 10. So let's say seven. <laughs> like I explained it. I said, look, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. My my desk is messy, but I know where things are at and this, this, this and this. But I try to be really honest with it. And I think I'm going to be honest. I think by being just a little too honest and maybe a little, maybe a little flippant about the question, I may have sunk myself a little bit. So like walking that line between like, I said, like, look, I'm going to be really honest with you. If I told you five, you would think that I'm a terrible person because who wants to say that they're a five in organization, but I'm not a 10. (laughs) Right. That's funny. You know, I, there was a time when I was, um, so when I first moved out here and was interviewing for I, I got a job right away. Um, well, I moved out here in the middle of summer and didn't realize school started so early in Arizona. So we literally moved out here and schools were starting the next week. Oh, wow. um, and so I was like, what? Right. I didn't do a whole lot of research beforehand, my own fault, but I'm like, I'll, I'll go out there. We'll, I'll start interviewing for stuff. And I had to switch my certification over to be an Arizona certification. So I'm like, if nothing else, I'll sub for this first semester, yeah. for, you know, first year while we're out here, it's fine. Um, but I ended up getting a job in October. I got hired right away, but our district went through like two years of pretty bad budget cuts. And so two years in a row, I was trying to interview for another job anywhere. Right. And there was this one district, the district that I was very honest with, but didn't want to burn bridges. I interviewed at one, two, three or four different schools and didn't get a single offer. None of them. Yeah. And it was, I was just so bummed about it. But in reality, when I look, when I look back on it and I look at the process, I'm incredibly happy where I'm at and I'm incredibly happy the district I'm in and and the positions I've held along the way. And so I think that's the other part, right? You had mentioned it, like you weren't offered a position right away. It took you a while before you got that AP position. It took you a while before, you know, you know, you didn't get that initial take on that principalship and just like learning from each of those things. Right. Um, And, and taking what you can from all of those is a super important part of the process. Right. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's too, I, I tell candidates as well, you're, you always have that opportunity 98% of the time at the end of an interview, like, do you have any questions for us? And make sure you have questions for them because you are also interviewing them. Like, and, and I know it's hard, like if, if you've been laid off and you need a position or you're straight out of college and you just right. need to get that first job, I get the, I get there's those scenarios, you know, or it's getting crunch time. Like you said, the, the year's about to start and you, someone gives you an offer where you don't want to be, you're probably going to take it. But if you do have those, if you do have some choices and you do have some different like opportunities, you know, you really need to look at like, where do you feel you'll thrive the best where you're going to be supportive the best where can right. you be yourself you know and and that's why it's important because when i know when we have candidates and they have no questions because there's those candidates like oh no you've you've told me everything i wanted to know or it's like really within within <laughs> 20 25 minutes there's got to be something right yeah like oh. those are i think that's always a space to ask about the culture on campus to ask about mm-hmm. what are the activities that you do for kids? What are the clubs right. that kids can be involved in? You know, like right. those are always an option for you to say, like, you want to learn a little bit more about the school. 
because maybe you want to be involved in one of those things, right. or that's a place to ask, like, you know, what's your, you know, what's your policy on this? Or how do you work with students who need extra support? Right. right. Like what's tutoring look like on your camp? You know, those are the ways for you to sort of ask those questions and, and, and get in, get just a little bit more. And not only does it show, not only does it maybe help you make some decisions, but it also shows that that school that, and those leaders that you're thinking a little bit more. Right. right. Um, so I think we could probably keep talking and we could probably keep going through, through this. And, but, but what I want to do, Mike is, is I think, I think we can wrap up the conversation. So I am one of those people that's in this position to look for a new job. I have an opportunity to apply for a couple of different positions. I made it through one round of interviews already. My first nice. non-teaching interview in 15 years. Uh, I thought it went pretty well. I got right. some feedback that it went well. So I'm like, okay, cool, cool. So I, I got moved on. Now I'm in a position to be, inter- I'm in the pool of candidates to be interviewed for some title one positions. And then there's some Dean positions opening them up that, that I'm going right. to be interviewing for. And so, um, one piece of advice. What what one piece of advice when you impart on me is I'm taking this step and in interviewing for positions outside of the classroom. What's the one piece that you would give to me or anybody who's in my position right now? Oh man, that's a tough one. I wish I would have I wish I would have known this was coming. I'm springing it on you, Mike. This is this is it. <laughs> don't don't answer any question with the answer you think the people interviewing you want to hear, like don't give them the answer you think they want to hear. You know, if, even if it goes against your, you know, cause we, we've been in interviews, we can kind of, we can read the room and we, the, by the style of questions they're asking, you yeah. can kind of see like, Oh, these are the issues that they're facing here. This is what they want fixed. And, and I've been guilty of that too. Like where I will answer it, like, this is what they want to hear. Um, but I, I found that sometimes they're asking these questions because maybe that's why this position's open and they want an outside perspective with which, with the approach that hasn't been done already before. And, you know, people can tell when you're not being authentic and when you're going to give an answer that you think someone else wants to hear, but it's not true to who you are, you know, they're going to see right through it. So all right. I, I like yeah, that. I yeah. like that. I think that's, a, that's a good piece of advice. Like be, be true to who you are in your answers. Right. And, and like you said, though, if you followed up with a story, like don't just say, well, here's why I would handle this discipline situation. But then you give the story. It's going to make that connection. Like, okay, maybe we don't agree with this approach, but here's how it worked. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's the punk rock classrooms podcast and it wouldn't be the punk rock classrooms podcast. If we didn't talk about this, Mike, what have you been listening to? This is how we wrap up the show. What have you been jamming out to, Mike? I have been going through um, the, the the whole catalog of Bleeding Through's records. I've been on like a kind of like that. I don't know. They're hard to describe. Death metal, metal core <laughs> group. But I've been, yeah, just jamming out to, to all their records lately. What about you? All right. So I, this morning, uh, I was like, okay, I need, I need something to listen to. I need someone to yell at me that I haven't listened to in a little while. I broke out, I broke out some Bane and I listened to some Bane this morning on my run. I was like, okay, this is, this is good. This is good. Some good stuff. Um, but yeah, so that I just, I listened to, uh, give blood for a little bit. And then I switched over to the note two great albums. Uh, and, and that, that's what, 
that's what kind of got me to fall in love with hardcore again. Uh, and so Bane is that band who like, I had friends who were in hardcore bands before Bane was big, like in the nineties and stuff. And, and I was like, okay, I got it. It's cool. I like it. But then like, there was something about Bane that hit for me where I was like, yeah. okay, this is, this is the band. Uh, and so I went back and listened to Bane and Bane, nice. Bane, Bane is always good. It's always um, good. Right. Right. Uh, so <laughs> folks, thanks for tuning in. You can find us on all the internets. Uh, you can find the website, punkrockclassrooms.com where you can find blogs. You can find uh, the, the, podcast with the show notes you can find the merch table where you can find some sweet swag you can read some of mike's poetry up there all sorts of stuff you can find on the on the website and then you can find us on social media mike and i we all have the same handles on both instagram and twitter so you can find the show at punk classrooms you can find me at josh r buckley and you can find mike at mike r earnshaw on twitter and uh and instagram so find us hang out join the crew we uh, are stoked we got to we got to give away our uh punk rock classrooms crew shirt this last week um we mike bria won it uh one of our twitter crew uh won one uh so that's super exciting we'll probably do one of those again uh soon uh we had a buddy of ours uh, a friend of mine who's a uh an art teacher here in mesa drew a rad picture for us that we're going to turn into some merch that we're going to do something with so that that's going to be pretty cool we posted up on instagram and twitter so you can go check that out uh but everybody thanks so much for tuning in uh don't forget to uh follow the hashtag punk rock classrooms and mike and i will see you at the show at the show Give you my love.